Hello, and welcome to episode 70 of the Movie Brats Podcast. I'm Carter, and joining me, as always, is Jonathan. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing fine, and we're ready to review some more horror films. We've done more horror films this year, and I think than all the other years combined. Oh, definitely. It seems like every month we get more horror movies. I mean, last year, I think we might have done two or three. This year, it seems like every other episode we're doing is (laughs) horror-focused. Right. There was a good article in the L.A. Uh, Times, I think it was, where they were questioning, they were asking, why are there so many good horror films in 2022? And there was this talk about how it's one of the few genres, types of movie where it can be a big box office success and draw people in that doesn't have an IP. Yes, yeah. there are a lot of franchises like, you know, Halloween Ends came out recently, uh, but you know, Smile, Barbarian, there's these movies, both of those ones I just mentioned were directorial, solo directorial debuts, and they did really, really well at the box office. And both of them, I think, were originally just going to go to streaming, but they yeah. tested so well that they decided to put them in theaters and they really outperformed. Well, it just seems like an interesting premise. And then with like effective filmmaking, you can make a movie that grips people. And advertising, Um, too. Oh, yeah, and advertising. (laughs) Yes. Um, But the first one we are going to talk about uh, was a pretty big box office success. Just became available on streaming in time for Halloween on HBO Max. It is Barbarian, directed by Zach Kreger, who previously co-directed Miss March. Uh, (laughs) So this is his solo directorial debut. uh, Starring Georgina Campbell, who I only knew from a Black Mirror episode a few years ago. And then Bill Skarsgård, who's becoming something of a horror staple after uh, starring in It a few years ago. Um, It is about a young woman who finds herself in Detroit for a job interview and arrives late at night in the rain to an Airbnb, only to find that a man has also booked the house for the same date. The situation uh, only gets (laughs) crazier and more intense from there as the house they're in proves to be more than meets the eye. Uh, it premiered originally July 22nd at the San Diego Comic-Con, a wide release uh, in the U.S. on September 9th, and a streaming release on uh, Wednesday, October, what was that, 27th, 26th, uh, don't quote me on that. A Metacritic score of 78 and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 92. Uh, you are the horror man, Jonathan. Uh, Barbarian was just enough for me. To be scared, but not to turn off my screen in disgust or horror. So for me, it towed the line effectively. Uh, Was this enough for your depraved mind? (laughs) Well, I watch almost every movie and movies don't scare me. Movies, I mean, I can flinch and be grossed out, but I am a pretty hardened, sick person because I can watch (laughs) the most horrible films and I, you know, I can like them or not like them, but movies like the heart rate doesn't change at all. <laughs> oh no, no. But um Barbarian, I think, for the first three-fourths is really, really strong. And the ending is fine, but yeah. it's the build-up 
for over, you know, well over an hour is really, really good. And I don't dislike the climax of the movie. I just don't think that it is as strong as the buildup because it's almost like the, the, the going towards the end is so good that where it gets to is a little bit of a letdown, but uh, we'll say we're not going to spoil the movie, but it's really one that you don't want to know more than what we said. Uh, There are some major twists and turns. There's things where in the usual horror movie, it would go in one direction and it completely goes in a different direction, kind of mixes genres. It's like a horror film, certainly, but there's some comedy, the man who directed it and wrote it. He was in this comedy group, called what the whitest kids you know yes it was like a youtube sketch comedy group basically right and uh the less you know about the plot going in the better the twists and turns but yeah i think it's very well directed it's very assured for uh someone's solo directorial debut and i find it, it mixes tones really effectively how it's very creepy yeah but it's smart and clever social and satire while also right. being very unsettling and really it's one of those movies you're watching it and you're very excited to see where it goes next because you're trying to guess but you really don't know and it's a very exciting to experience that in a movie where you really don't know what's about to happen next but you're right. excited to find out <laughs> And I think that the ending is uh, like, we're not going to give it away. It, it's it kind didn't of, land the plane necessarily. Yeah. No, I, it, it's kind of silly, but it's not so kind of outrageous that it's like, oh my gosh, like it, they did this. It's just a little bit silly. To <laughs> it's me. not and like the end of Game of Thrones. <laughs> one, it's, and it's like at the very, like the very final moments. It's like, no, it, it, it reminds me when my mom watched the, uh, David Cronenberg version of The Fly and one of her first comments afterwards was a person wouldn't look like that if they turned into a giant fly and I was like what do you mean that's not what they like it's all made up you know as outrageous as this film is there are a few things at the very end of the movie you were like well how did that happen like that yeah is like you know the, like the laws of physics even it's like that, how do you know I think we know what we're talking about but, yes uh, but yeah, it's 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 a very entertaining movie. It's one of the better horror films this year. Uh, and well, it starts just, so small, also, and I thought it was a very interesting. What? Yeah, and it, I think it's movies are doing a better job of of this feeling more contemporary, and this felt incredibly contemporary. I mean, just the sort of idea of an Airbnb being double booked is something you can really imagine, and just how uncomfortable that situation might be if, you know, one person is a woman, the other is, is a man. And uh, it was just a very interesting scenario and it felt very contemporary. And I, I really enjoyed that sort of immediacy of it. Uh, you know, what would be really funny. I don't want to get this. I, I won't say anything past what happens in the first act of the movie, but it would make a really interesting double feature with tar. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> because uh, tar is two hours and 38 minutes long but um yeah i think that the film uh and i don't necessarily know that what happens you know there's like a major shift about you know i don't know 40 45 minutes yeah. in the movie and i don't necessarily know that the threads completely satisfactorily tie up in the end like yeah i don't but I, but it, 
and we don't it, it's a hard movie to review without giving away but it's like even the title i think is significant and it, yeah i i do think that themes from each section come together it's it's a film about men and masculinity and how you know men will go to you know how they're possessive of where they are i'm being very vague but yeah. um i, I no, it, it's it was about more than i expected it to be at the beginning of the movie um and it, it went in directions that i really did not anticipate um but, but all very I, entertaining and yes and entertaining the- surprising and I think it mostly pays off. I, you're you're critical of the ending. I think the ending is it, it's not silly or it, it's it doesn't like not. Well, I think it's kind off. of silly. It, I, <laughs> yeah, slightly it is silly. silly. <laughs> but it's also um, I, well, I'll say this: it's like the first, uh, like you know, in, at least an hour and twenty minutes of the movie is really really strong, yeah. and then the climax is pretty good. Yes, I think that's I would fair, say that. But... I would yeah. recommend this to people who aren't necessarily big horror fans. Um, Cause it's, I, it, it is pretty gruesome and violent, but yeah. only in small doses and in bursts quickly. Yes. Yes. And it's almost like the expectation gets you more than the actual sort of things that you see that are supposed to make you jump and, and you become scared. Um, I think this was a very effective horror movie and, um, and lived up to the billing of a horror movie. Like some movies like, uh, I, they made fun of it in the new Scream sort of prestige horror. Some of them aren't really like Midsummer is, in some ways, not even really a horror movie. Um, it like has violence and it has shocks, but it's in a lot of ways like about other stuff. This I think was like a real horror movie in a way that I found very pleasing. It's like Mark Kermode said about some movies. It does what it says on the tin. Yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it like it it delivers. It's it's uh you know nasty and twisted, but it's also legitimately entertaining. It's like it's a movie that would be really good to watch with a crowd. It's legitimately entertaining, but it's not like so depraved that you're going to alienate a massive part of the audience. If you're yeah, going to, or if you like if a took a date, there. she'd be like, I can't believe you took me to this. This is disgusting. Right. Well, I mean, even just like 30 years ago, most people would be horrified, but we've gotten so depraved as a culture, I think. And open. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Cause I, my, I remember my mom over 50 years ago, not to age her, but she had a date, take her to see Rosemary's baby. And she was like, so scandalized. Oh yeah. It's like she'd never <laughs> seen a movie with nudity in it before. And that movie is like so refined and like adult. And it's hard to even conceive of um, movies not having nudity or stuff like Rosemary's Baby. That really, wow. Yeah, I can't imagine someone 50 years ago seeing Barbarian. Right. (laughs) I mean, I do. Extremely shocker. Well, I mean, I've always thought it would be a fascinating thing uh, to have in a movie of like imagine taking all these men and women from like 1896. And time traveling them and taking them to IMAX theater to see gravity, they would probably die. <laughs> they would like have a heart attack. Yes. And they would have like a panic attack. I mean, that would like, be I'm literally in space. So I'm suffocating to death. I mean, if the black and white, you know, less than a minute footage of the train pulling into the station, <laughs> supposedly urban legend had them running. Break people out and had them running, yeah. leaving the theater. Right. Yeah, I can't imagine right. what the opening scene of Gravity would do. No, that's that's a good point. But, but yeah, thumbs Barbarian. up for me. It gets the yeah. stamp of approval from our, our resident horror expert, I think. All um, right, definitely. I would give it like four out of five stars. I'd say like the movie 
it, it's like a the first three fourths or four and a half out of five and the last act of the movie is like three three and a half uh, and so it averages out to like overall a four out of five for me yeah i mean very similar for me and um it was very effective for me a non-horror fan um the next one we are moving on to uh not available on streaming but just available on video on demand it is the second installment of a trilogy but i think you can see each movie sort of without uh seeing any of the others at least that's what the director says and that's how i experienced it uh it is pearl directed by ty west who previously directed uh x uh this year has he he directed a lot of music videos i know Um, he's done a lot of other horror movies has he yeah pretty house of the devil the innkeepers Hasn't okay. done a horror movie in a minute. He's done, uh, he did a Western with Ethan Hawke and John Travolta, and he's been doing a lot of TV. So it's been uh, like almost a decade since he's done a horror feature. Well, it seems like this is one he put a lot of thought into, at least him and his co writer and star, Mia Goth. Uh, it is about a, it's a prequel to X. There's a, the character that's the main focus of this is a character in X, right? Right. Um, it and, is about and, a teenage war bride who lives on a remote farm with her parents in Texas while her husband is away in World War One, and the Spanish flu pandemic rages through the country and uh, springs fear into the heart of every American. Uh, her stead pearl, that is her steadfast confidence and her dream to become a movie star and her desperation to improve her circumstances and get out of this country farm life. Uh, leads to sudden and extremely consequential outbursts of violence. Uh, It premiered initially September 3rd at the Venice Film Festival and was released wide September 16th and just became available on demand uh, at the end of October. A Metacritic score of 73 and the Rotten Tomatoes score of 90. Uh, Do you want to give a brief review of X before we go into Pearl or do you think that's unnecessary? Well, I did not actually like X, and yeah. it has an even higher rating than Pearl. I like Pearl much more. Uh, the problem I have with X is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my favorite horror film of all time. I think it's a masterpiece, and I feel like, I, I mean, it won't be as crude as say it's just a ripoff, but it is very much indebted to that film and films of that type, you know, early Wes Craven movies like Last House on the Left, exploitation movies from the 70s. Uh-huh. And I feel like where Texas Chainsaw Massacre is 84 minutes long and there's a buildup for about 40 minutes and then, and then it just sucks. goes. And it's so intense <laughs> and unrelenting. And then you have X which is an hour and 45 minutes. And it's like, you have an hour of buildup and then you just get more slow burn of people being killed in gruesome ways. And it's not scary. And I I've seen it before and it was just a letdown for me because it got such good reviews. I just yeah. felt like it was a very lovingly made film, but it just felt like it, it built up all this tension for over an hour and then it just kept being slow and you're just watching people get killed. And, and it sort of rely on its influences to sort of give it significance in, in this sort of way. And it's, yeah. And it just wasn't anything new. I mean, I like the filmmaking aspect. But it's Pearl, you think is it's, I think you said it's one of your favorite horror movies of the year so far. Yeah. I, what I like about Pearl so much more 
I mean, I didn't hate X. I just was kind of disappointed and felt like we've seen this. It's before. like a retread. Right. And I thought what I liked about Pearl is that it's a movie where the people making it know exactly what they're doing. I like that they're making they're making a horror film that's kind of tongue in cheek, but playing it completely poker faced. And <laughs> it's not insincere, though. It's it, it's this amazing balance of I mean, like Tar, which we talked about last episode um, and Blonde, the lead female performance is so committed yeah so good and i and laser focused from her perspective right and it's what i like so much is that it's kind of a ridiculous film but she is so committed (laughs) that it elevates the film even more and it's so beautifully crafted and you know it's a schlocky exploitation movie but its influences much more than x were like x was like i saying texas chainsaw and uh 70s grindhouse this is like wizard of oz yeah and douglas sirk and uh you know it's like busby berkeley musicals you know it's it's this film set you know a hundred years ago and it's just so lovingly created you can tell the director really has uh, a love of cinema and martin scorsese is a big fan of this movie (laughs) he loved it right (laughs) yeah i i I love this this, like sort of film history literacy Right. Um, it's also one film they talked about being an influence was Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Mm-hmm. There's the kind of uh, claustrophobic stuck in a house with family. Uh, hey, you, know, you. Right. Um, yeah, I like this more movie more than you did. I, I like it more with yeah. Barbarian. Yeah. 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 I mean, for me, I don't know. It was just, I don't know. For some reason, I just was a little bored by it. I mean, I loved the color of it. I loved how it was shot. I thought Mia Goth was like riveting in her sinful performance and extremely committed. Uh, the the really notable thing we've had in the press in this is that there's a nine minute monologue uh, that Mia Goth delivers just before the end of the movie, um, right. which is something one that, shot. Yeah, one shot, which is very unusual. And, um, it's one of those ones that you don't really realize it's taking so long until you're like seven minutes into it. And you're like, Oh wow. We've been in this shot for quite some time. It's a like little bit like, uh, like hunger. hunger. Yeah. I was just about to say that. <laughs> How yeah. about that? That's like a mind melt. <laughs> yeah. Um, that goes on for like 25 minutes. That goes on for crazy. a really long time. Yeah. yeah. And that's fun where you're watching. And you're like, is that's that he's been smoking the same cigarette. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> And you um, look at like the pat, like the camera is like very, very, very slowly going closer to yes. them. Uh, but yeah, I think that you see, it's like there have probably been seven horror movies ever nominated for best picture, acting, directing, yeah. or screenplay in the upper categories. And like, you know, I, I can't, I'd be very surprised if Mia Goth got nominated for best actress. For this person. Like, yeah. this is. You know, there there's some movies that I don't think, uh, you know, they're kind of Oscar bait and they're not worthy. And uh, she's like the so Danish committed. girl or something, <laughs> right? Right. Alicia Vikander won Best Supporting Actress. For yeah, that. for a movie no one saw. I know. Oh, I saw it, and it was. I, I I hold that up as being like a prime example of Oscar bait. It's just awful, awful movie. But yeah, I mean, I but I really enjoyed Pearl, and I don't know that like I don't think you have to have seen X. Yeah. And I was disappointed in X and I like Pearl much more. 
Um, but you do get was X a, similar in its trying to be about film history in a weird sort of yeah, way. Yeah, but very different one. It's like yeah. Grindhouse seventies porno. Because <laughs> this one, it, it's a little bit of, was sort of like about uh, early porn movies, kind of. <laughs> which well, I yeah, X was. I mean, the plot of X is that they're making a pornographic movie. But that's the time but, where porn was like mainstream for like the only time, right. really. Deep in, throat, in, yeah. Yeah, in cinema history. It's like the Boogie Nights sort of era. Right. Um, well, this is when it would have also... been. But they would have been like highly illegal at the time. Of right. Pearl and, have... they, and they talk about it. in the and But it's also a film, you know, it's, you know, Pearl wants to be, you know, a, a glamorous movie story. It, it looks at that yeah. side of show business. Yes, so in some ways, it's a little similar to Blonde about a, a person who's desperate to escape her reality and, and create something new. It's obviously takes different sort of turns from that. <laughs> but right. I, I mean, I, I thought it was good. I mean, to say I was a little bored by it can be is a little reductive and and doesn't take the sort of movie on its own terms or really evaluate in any sort of serious way. It's but, much more of a character study yes. and kind of oh, a yeah. chamber piece than like this out and out slasher well, movie. It's it's like Barbarian. There really isn't that much violence in the movie. When no. it is, it gets pretty gruesome at times. Yes. But there's long stretches of it, and this isn't a criticism where it, it isn't violent. It's not you know super gory or bloody. Yes. Well, this is sort of it's not quite prestige horror like midsummer or the witch no. or something like that but in a lot of ways it is one that's almost difficult to categorize as horror because it's about it's a character study and it's that almost a and, melodrama yeah it's, it, but with yeah. sort of elements of violence and and you shocking pitchfork in the face you know yeah yeah so i mean barbarians like a straight up horror movie like make you jump this is it's much more of a slow burn. It's much more of a character study. And it's it's I, to say it's more than a horror is sort of not really giving horror movies. It's their due. Um, but it's 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 what it's a very fluid sort of genre. I don't know. I have a hard time putting this into a sort of box. <laughs> I just find the tone of the movie really kind of um, interesting how it's. Like I said, it's kind of winking and it's kind of tongue in cheek and it's funny, but it's the lead performance and all the performances are so committed and sincere. Like I like I have sympathy for Pearl and she's playing a real person as kind of, you know, the, the accent and the way she dresses is so kind of ridiculous at times. And, you know, I, I also love this isn't really a spoiler, but. Uh, they have a freeze frame at the end credits, but it's not a freeze frame. She just holds her face still, <laughs> and it's really awkward and funny. Unsettling, so too, though. Right. Yeah, so it's this mix of, like, a funny movie, but it's so sincere, and it, 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 it in a weird way makes it even funnier, but also it works dramatically, too. I was a big fan of the movie. I, I enjoyed it, and I liked it more than X. Yes. When it's one of those, it's the movies that have been shot and distributed and released sort of post 2020 are always interesting in how they engage with the coronavirus. And this one plays with that a little bit with, we have mask wearing in the movie. People are afraid of bringing the previous sickness into their homes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't, I I thought that was interesting. Um, Cause that was, that was something we heard a lot in 2020 was just because the Spanish flu was really the only reference point we had for 
uh, a pandemic that really affected American lives. Um, you know, there were there were other ones like SARS and and uh, Mad Cow and stuff like that that were built up in the media, but didn't actually affect our daily lives to the same extent that the Spanish flu did. So um, it was a way to make it feel a little more contemporary and made it for audiences to relate a little more to this character's experience because she's so isolated and she's so desperate to experience something else and to get the the world she sees on the screen and to ex- escape from this sort of fear-based drab existence that she lives in where you know she's a caregiver to a decrepit father and a mother who hates her so yeah you really do have sympathy for the main character and it's a real credit to mia goth's performance um and you know if the academy awards were fair and <laughs> weren't mostly based on studios pushing agendas and you know glad handing and stuff like that it, she deserves to be nominated but unfortunately that's not the the world we live in so she probably won't right um it would be interesting if it got nominated for some technical like cinematography or production design yeah something yeah. like that but um, the production design is fantastic because it exudes this sort of wizard of oz sort of lens but in a subversive way um and the the farms is such a unique setting and so much happens on it I, production design is a good shout that it's probably worthy to be nominated for that i mean technically this is a fantastic movie right and i think that it certainly uh could be seen on its own but you do kind of gain more if you've seen x because x is set on that farm and oh really you- and she, the thing is, she plays a really old woman, an ex, and you understand watching the prequel, this is what she was longing for and lost. Uh-huh. And she's this sad old woman stuck on a farm. One of my problems with X is that it's Mia Goth in this incredible old age makeup playing the old woman. And it's incredible makeup, but it's like, it would have been actually scarier to have a 90 year old woman play this old woman. Like if it's yeah. a young person in old age makeup, it's just like, a little bit artificial yeah and it's like it's like if you cast betty white it would have been like scary <laughs> like i mean it's someone like her if you actually cast you know a 90 cast ellen burston uh-huh. you know, you know, someone who's actually you know around 90 years old it would be creepier uh but yeah does, does this one make x better just sort of by being in the same trilogy I, or i almost want to go back and rewatch it but i just um it's like the buildup is it's fine and but then they just it just it, it's a slow burn that just like it doesn't and then this happened it just like and then just people gets killed slowly it's like there's yeah. there's there's not a build-up to like this explosive you know last third of the movie it just continues to be slow and it's just watching people get killed in gruesome ways and i've seen people get sort of like the first ways. friday the 13th <laughs> and i just and i i think that movie sucks so i, mean, I know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I just don't uh, quite get the. I, I I admire the craft in X, but it just felt like it was wearing its influences. It, it, it there there are movies I like so much that it was so deeply influenced by that I was. I it's like a copy like, of a copy, right? And I feel to, like to, to quote Barbarian. Yeah, well, I think Pearl <laughs> is. Uh, it's not really. It, it's drawing on this milieu and this style, uh, you know, different styles like Douglas Sirk, but ones from the time period. It's like th- there was a brief moment I heard where Ty West was considering shooting the movie in like um, a German millimeter expre- black and white, <laughs> like German expressionist 
like silent movie, black and white type. You I'm know, glad look. he didn't. Right. I like the Tacticolor approach. Right. And that was that was maybe my favorite aspect of it was the production design and just how it looked because it looks fantastic. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I very much like this movie. I think it's there's been a lot of good. horror. I've seen almost 20 horror films this year. I'd put it towards the top of the list. Um, but this I, is by far the most horror movies I've seen in the year that they were released. Right. Uh, by well, far. But there is a movie called Terror. Well, let, let's take a quick break. And then we will come back with uh, the solo review by Jonathan. So we will be back in just a second. So, Jonathan, uh, I believe Terrifier 2 is uh, is on the docket. Um, yes. This is not safe for my eyes from what uh, I've been told. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. It's not so much that you would be scared by it. It's just it's so graphic and gory and disgusting that you would just be so repelled by it and not <laughs> enjoy it. Um, so it's a sequel to a movie. So there is came, a Terrifier one. Yes. And what's interesting about it is that the first movie came out in 2016. Very low budget movie. And uh, I think that it's and it's only 80 something minutes long. Sequel comes out. It's two hours and 18 minutes long. But now, like the raid. Yeah, does this does the slasher movie need to be pushing that link? Not really, but I I wasn't ever bored. I I didn't really seem like it was as long as it is. Um, but Terrifier Two is a very low budget horror film. It was made for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it's grossed seven over seven and a half million dollars at the box office. It played in more theaters this weekend, this past weekend, the last uh, weekend in October than it has before it opened on like 2000 plus screens and the movie is sick and truly depraved and it's just gruesome it has virtually no redeeming qualities besides being a nasty awesome horror movie it's a throwback to 80 slasher movies it's about a serial killer who dresses as a clown interestingly doesn't talk or make any noises there's no groans there's no no audible noise from him art the clown and he goes around just dismembering and slaying and slashing and gouging out eyes and getting how many how many bodies are we talking here like dozens well, well i mean th th there's not a huge body count but what he does to each individual body it gets <laughs> to the point where he's almost like dissecting them oh and so with each kill it becomes more and more graphic Right. There's one where he attacks a woman and he kind of breaks off her arm and he flays her skin and basically just completely dismembers her. And it's truly sick. And what I like about it is that it's done almost entirely with practical effects. It's body, fake bodies on set with fake blood being pumped out and it's caro syrup and prosthetics. And I mean, it is a movie that is not for the average moviegoer it's truly sick it's truly graphic it's one of the more gory graphic movies i've ever seen but i had a hell of a good time watching it i saw it in a pretty uh packed theater it and, is finding an audience it's yeah and it's like we were talking about with there's some of these elevated horror films and some of them i think are legitimately good i mean i think the witch is a masterpiece i think it's one of the best horror films of the last 20 years mm. um Terrifier 2 is 
really well done trash basically it is unapologetically <laughs> not political or uh, it's not a message movie it's not a not metaphor. about anything no no it is about meat it's about carnage <laughs> it's about human suffering and gruesome special effects and it does that really really well i can't defend the movie necessarily it's a mean nasty movie but as a work of filmmaking and you know nasty trash it's expertly done and i had a really good time watching it and like am i saying that it's like better than the best picture winner from earlier this year coda no but i liked it more <laughs> you know it's so, better why do yeah. you think it is finding such an audience just because it it's not about anything that it's just unapolog- unapologetically like gruesome and gory and scary yeah and it's and it's even if people don't like the movie uh, i've seen people say that it's really heartwarming maybe oh, really <laughs> no, no 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 it's heartwarming that such a legitimate low budget and truly independent film it's getting is getting a platform so rem- like there's no marketing for this movie there's no, i mean this is like a true independent well yeah and it's word gotten, of mouth sort of success yeah and it's just uh a filmmaker who really knows what he wants to do and he's getting a little bit of money together to make it and i i had a really good time watching it i mean it's it's only for people who like the hardcore gore this is not you know this isn't so, like oh i like rosemary's baby <laughs> yeah. and the baba duke like i can no i mean you can like those movies too but like you have to like you know be prepared to see stuff yeah i mean like and i mean is it realistic not i wouldn't say realistic but it's very graphic and uh almost all of it is like it could well not that it could happen but it's uh, it gets a little bit fantastical at the end but it's all very much like meat and bones and skin and like you know, you're watching people get dismembered. Uh, and some people would say it looks cheesy or that it's, you know, ridiculous. But give me this. Give me Terrifier 2 and the gore effects in it over your Marvel, your DC, your CGI car chases and Fast and Furious. I mean, what was that horror movie last year with the, the woman with the tumor on the back of her head? Malignant. Malignant. Yeah, that got a little bit too much CGI for me. There's some cool yeah. practical effects in that and some, you know, makeup. Well, just, I'm just looking at this movie's Wikipedia page. I mean, it's an achievement that this one guy wrote, directed, edited, and produced it all for a quarter of a million dollars. That was all crowdfunded. I mean, right. that's a hell of an achievement. And it doesn't right. look cheap like watching it. It looks like a low budget movie made on not a lot of money, but it's pretty remarkable. The what he pulls off with that budget this i mean i i love the special effects in it i love the gore effects i mean it you know some people would look at it and laugh at it but i look at the 150 200 million dollar marvel movies and think they look atrocious (laughs) you know they they, because i mean the gray man is one of the worst looking movies i've ever seen and that costs 200 million dollars to me a lot of those movies they're soulless and as sick and depraved as some people may think terrifier too is and even i think it's sick and depraved it's made with such passion and true dedication and a vision from what it seems like 
and and in their stuff set up in this movie that's not answered so there will probably be a terrifier three hopefully it won't terrifier be longer three. probably be long. quadruple the budget yeah and it's funny i i went to see this movie and about 30 seconds into the end credits there's like a scene that goes on for like four minutes and like 90 percent of the audience had like already left <laughs> I was like, there's a lot of plot that happens in like this. It's last like the form. opposite of Tar. I know, but uh, always <laughs> with uh, Pearl and Terrifier 2, stay through the end credits. Yeah. Yeah. There's a trailer for the third film at, at the end of Pearl. Did you see it? Oh my it? God. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. No, there's a, there's a Maxine with a triple X. It's like the, at least the trailer for it. Uh, is shot in the kind of boogie night cities porn style but i don't think the whole movie is going to be shot like that yeah but uh the ad for it but yeah i i i really like terrifier too it's not for everyone it's not for carter <laughs> no but i do i do appreciate that a movie can be a word of mouth grassroots success for low budget i mean it gives one hope that maybe genres that i enjoy could get that sort of yeah. Success. Well, it's hard for there to be a three and a half hour epic <laughs> period <movie>. genre. <laughs> right. I know. About Alexander the Great. <laughs> right. But uh I I yeah, it, it's as sick and depraved as the movie is, there's something charming about it. Well, that was it. like the opposite. Did you see uh I don't know if it was a recent article, but there wasn't some sort of article about someone saying that like the Irishman is like sick that it costs so much money and that this money should be going to ending world hunger. I mean that person must love Terrifier too. <laughs> well, I do. I do remember Steven Soderbergh once said that he saw that uh, Grown Ups, the Adam Sandler movie, cost eighty eighty million dollars to make, and he said, "I truly don't understand how oh. it cost eighty million. Like he said, "I'm a film director, and like I I don't understand how that movie, that- especially because uh, it's not like they shot it on film. I'm sure it was on digital." Yeah, I mean, it looks like a. Sh- I haven't seen the movie. I shouldn't judge it, but I mean, from the trailers, it looks like a shitty, you know, TV movie. You know, it's like, how did that cost eighty million dollars? Well, Adam Sandler probably got like forty for it. So, right. <laughs> I, I I promise you that there will be at least two nominees for best picture next year that are not as good as Terrifier two. How about that? I, I mean, I'm not saying put, that you can put that on the home video release. I'm not saying that Coda is a lesser movie than terrifier 2 but i enjoyed terrifier 2 more than coda the best picture winner from earlier this year but probably the average cinema goer would enjoy coda more right oh yeah because it's a nice (laughs) sweet movie but uh i mean there there, there's plenty of movies where i could say that like half of the best picture nominees i've seen are better you know yeah you know i think like you know drag me to hell Sam Raimi's PG-13 horror film is better than half the best picture winners. Do you, do you think that this movie would have been a success in a, in a different era? Or do you think we're in a time that audiences particularly want to see horror movies? Oh, like, it's like Friday the 13th Night on Elm Street. It would have been a success in the 80s. It's very yeah. much a throwback movie. Um, but it, it does seem to be in a big, big boom period for horror movies. Right. But what's interesting is that Terrifier 2, there's something in a weird way unique about it because even in a movie that's as kind of schlocky and shocking as barbarian there's still somewhat of a like it's really well made and yeah. it's there's a there's, there's a, a sleekness bit. to it yeah and terrifier 2 feels like 
really transgressive and like underground yeah and and independent and there's something really refreshing about that it in feels... a way that might have benefited barbarian to a certain extent especially I, in its second half i almost wish that in the final act of barbarian it had not necessarily been more graphic or or, or overt but that um i i i feel like it kind of it, it sold itself short a... It doesn't quite, it, it's like if you're going to be this kind of outrageous and twisty and turny, like go all out and like have it be kind of, you know, I, I, there are movies where I, I wish there had been a little bit more gory. Terrifier 2, it could not be, you know, like, <laughs> it, it, like, no, like it would, you know, it, I mean, it honestly, I mean, it might be in like, it's in the top 20 most gory graphic bloody violent movies i've ever seen i mean I on say. the on the wikipedia page it's saying that audience members have fainted and, and vomited and that right. uh ambulances have been called to right. screenings john, of terrifier too john waters once said that if someone vomits in one of his movies it's like a standing ovation to him it's the highest uh, possible phrase right so um do you think this guy will end up directing a marvel movie in the next 10 years um no i think that he would not <laughs> it just seems to be the handbook that if someone makes an interesting indie movie in marvel it's just like okay we'll make have you make uh well I mean, dr like, strange I would, four i know i like i would not have thought that the guy who did short term 12 would be doing a martial arts mar- marvel movie yeah exactly now, so. even though that movie stars three people that within like a decade one best actor act uh, one oh, short term not, 12 yeah yeah has it uh, ends up being like a fulcrum point for 21st century cinema it has brie larson who won for room it Lakeith has Stanfield. yeah nominated for judas black messiah and it has rami malik who won for bohemian rhapsody yeah like for example terrifier 2 is objectively <laughs> a better film than bohemian rhapsody it's not the same year yeah but, like that was nominated for best picture one best actor yeah it's like ridiculous and but... nominated for best editing hilarious but thing. it's so hard it's like how do you compare you know terrifier 2 to the bohemian rhapsody yeah or but, elvis um, yeah i mean i'm not saying that terrifier 2 i mean it would be cool if it got nominated for are you su- are you surprised it's, it's it's so successful yeah because it's such an independent low budget movie it just it kind of got out and it got such a strong word of mouth that it kind of inched its way up and it just kept going up and people realized like this could actually make money yeah. in theaters and i guess it came out at the right time for halloween and stuff like that right and it's also it's i mean there's this streaming service i have shutter su it's amc D- right yeah s well i mean there's like you can get it just by itself but you can add it to like amazon prime yeah uh and but yeah i mean there's like a new horror film coming out every few weeks and there's really strong stuff coming out this year but it's it's nice when it actually gets a theatrical release too and this is like it's playing i mean horror like comedy really benefits from being with an audience because it adds a different element to it and the audience members feed off each other and Right, and it I'll just sort of that, builds up, and you're in in dialogue with what you're seeing on screen in a way that that you aren't when you see it by yourself. And I'll say this: um, I saw the movie in a theater, and there were these two younger people. They were probably, I mean, they might even been a little bit under eighteen, but they were like teenagers, young young people. And all every second during the trailers, they were texting and they were looking at their phone the entire time. I was like, oh, they're going to look at their phone the whole movie. The movie started. It's two hours and eighteen minutes long. 
every so often, like two or three times, they briefly looked at their phone. Yes, but they were they barely looked at their phone, and that was kind That's of remarkable a to me. Yeah, <laughs> like they didn't completely not look at their phones, but it was you know a movie that was that long, and they virtually you know they barely looked at their phones, and you know weren't looking at it for long stretches of the time at all. Briefly looked at it, so it's found an audience and I was a fan, but so for you, for this is the quote unquote scariest of the three that we've done. No, I mean the movie, the movie doesn't scare me. It's just no, a, but to an ob- objective movie going public. Barbarian is more uh, barbarian. Scarier. It's tenser. Yeah. Cause it, that buildup is so strong. Like when yeah. they're going through the house and like terrifiers were like spectacle of violence. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, it's it's not scary. I mean, yeah. it's just uh, really disgusting. I mean, yeah. if you can be disturbed by it, but I. Who is it more of a slasher film than a horror film? Yeah, it's it's an uh, it, uh, uh, unapologetic slasher film. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, and Art I feel the like Clown there's so is, many different subgenres for horror. Yeah, Art the Clown is like up there now with you know the great slasher you know killers. And he's unique because he doesn't talk and he's comedic in a really sick way. Um, like for well, Freddy Krueger was it, it like pulls. Well, that's been aspects. for me an interesting thing to interrogate. It's like some horror villains seem to have gotten into the zeitgeist despite the movies they're in not necessarily being good. Like Jason, for example, is a horror villain everybody knows, despite most people probably have never seen. A Friday the 13th movie. Well, that's a beloved series by horror fans. Yeah, I know, but like I have heard of him like when I was a kid and right. I'd never seen one of the movies. You, uh, do you think Art the Clown will? Well, uh, well I, 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 it's a really good uh, character. I think, that, I mean, part of it was like there's Halloween. I mean, not the film, but like the holiday. That's like, you know, Jason because of like costumes and like not yeah. necessarily the film. Yes. You just saw the film for the first time, like a yes, few weeks ago. Yes, pretty recently, yeah. Right. And it sucks. Yes, <laughs> I, mean, it's... I wasn't a fan. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I do think that uh, Art is a really intriguing character, and it has an interesting history because there was this anthology film that he was in a segment of. There's a short. Then there was Terrifier. Then there's Terrifier 2. So this is really the fourth incarnation of this And character. there will surely be Terrifier 3, from what you're saying. Right. Um, and hey, bring it on! I, I want more <laughs> killing and slaying, and it's it was a good time at the movies, as sick and depraved as it was. I wonder if this is going to get picked up by a, a streaming service and have an even bigger third line. What's well, it just got on one called Screambox? I don't know that. It's yeah, it is streaming now right right before Halloween. Okay. So uh, go see it in the theater though, if you're up. I mean, watch the original. The original is pretty good. I mean, is that available anywhere? Yeah, that's a you can rent it everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Maybe so, for our braver listeners. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe we can have an episode where I pick a movie that's really horrifying and we I do a live watch, watch through as I right. as I react to it. <laughs> I mean, how are you with gore? Is it what I mean, do you you are you sensitive to No, I mean for like historical battle gore, it's like bring it on. I'm fine with it. Um you haven't really seen that many like really gory, gory horror films. No, I mean, I watched Texas Chainsaw for the first time. But there's virtually nothing you even see in that movie. No, That's but it's some of the it's more like the suggestion of stuff. Right. 
but you've never seen the Evil Dead movies or the original. I've Dawn seen of the two, Dead. and I've seen Army of Darkness. I haven't seen the first Evil Dead, and I have not seen. I haven't seen any of like the the George A. Romero zombie movies, Night of the Living Dead or Dawn, Dawn of the, the Dead, Dead is in three D in theaters right now. Really, you should go see it. Interesting. Yeah, I guess anyway. all the theaters are refitting their three D in preparation for Avatar two. Right. <laughs> Which surely we will be reviewing in uh, upcoming yeah. months. <laughs> yes. All right. So we have Barbarian, Pearl, Pearl, and Terrifier 2. Yes. And what seems like our 10th horror focused episode of the year so far. Um, I don't know. I've I've enjoyed most of the horror movies we've watched. And I think uh, I've done a good job pushing my boundaries as far as that's concerned. But, you know, boundaries do still exist. So I probably won't see Terrifier 2. Um just but, as like I, I don't think you could talk me into like, hey, there's this ten-hour miniseries adaptation of some historical novel, and it's like, <laughs> no, I don't need to see that. You'll need to see the BBC series on Howard's Ed. No. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back with you. Probably a shorter gap for next time because we have some movies coming out in the near future. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, we will be back with you next time.